0: Thanks for joining us today on the Jesus Famous podcast. You know, one of my favorite words associated with the gospel is this word, victory, because Jesus has given us victory over sin and death. But so often it feels like we walk around this life actually feeling defeated by sin and death. You know, we've been set free from the power of sin, but we still have this challenge of walking through life with a victorious attitude. So how do we do that? Well, today, Pastor Nate is going to take us to a story in the Old Testament that demonstrates for us the victories we can have when we remember the power of Jesus in our lives and when we act boldly for God. He hasn't, like he
1: said to Timothy, given me a spirit of fear. That's not from God, but it's there so often in our hearts. So sometimes you just have to take the courage that's there and say yeah i'm I'm gonna do this i'm gonna grab it and let the spirit put it in my soul
0: this article you wrote nate breaking into a fresh season with god just addresses i think um you know idolatry And this man who saw idols in the land with his mom, with the different people close by to him, and knew that he needed to break through some of these idols so that he and the people that he was overseeing could actually have a good relationship with the Lord. And so as we're getting into this, we're talking about King Asa. So you say his name, right? Asa. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you just tell us who was king? You wouldn't want to say it the other way. Yes. (laughs) not a soft s uh who was king king asa and was he a good king bad king what was going on with him yeah he was a little bit of both
1: (laughs) in general he was a good king though yeah yeah and he i mean he had he had some epic moments of faith and trusting the lord and he won some really great battles as a result of that faith but he also had some shortcomings near the end of his life but uh the the verse or the passage that this article is based on comes from the beginning of his reign where his mother actually the queen mother she had a lot of control of things and he was a fresh new king and there was some like you said idolatry some apostasy in Mm -hmm. israel at that time and he Busted through, and he figured out a way to drive a lot of stuff out of the yeah. land and kind of hit the reset button in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. And so, for that reason, that's why I called the article Breaking Into a Fresh Season with God uh, because I like the idea of a person just kind of like going through life, mm-hmm. and maybe some things have gotten like globbed onto your life, you know, maybe it's uh, some habits that. Although not evil in and of themselves, mm-hmm. accumulatively they're keeping you from what God has mm-hmm. for your life. Uh, maybe it's a you know some hobby that you're yeah. just way too into, or mm-hmm. uh, uh, video games that were fine when you were twelve, but now they're hampering your mm-hmm. marriage, your relationships, or even your parenting and ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, or sports that are overcoming you, and you're just too into it, or uh, physical fitness, or something like that. Things uh, these are these are things that that a lot of times can be in like a neutral category, yeah. but that we can take them to an extreme, and they end up hurting us. But in Israel at that time, the things were evil. Yeah, they they weren't a gray area. They weren't a well. Maybe you can redeem them and repurpose them, kind of. Thing they were terrible. Get them out. So there are things like that as well, you know, some kind of uh, addiction that mm-hmm. you're stuck in, yeah. or uh, a sexual sin mm-hmm. that is secret and unknown, but it's just got a stranglehold mm-hmm. on your life and on your heart, and you just can't get away from it. And you know that that thing, as long as it's there, it's just going to cripple your relationship with God and your Christian vitality and mm-hmm. maturity. Uh, So, you know, it could be things like that. It could be some kind of uh, greed that has overrun your heart and mind. So I guess I had people like that as well in my mind, you know, in thinking about Asa and what he was going through. Like this guy just took these steps real systematically, straightforwardly, and just crushed Uh it to get this new day into Israel. And I think that's one of the things that I'd like to say about this figure is that, and, and, and about this kind of idea, is that this was not a passive thing. This was a oh, very yeah. active moment in Asa's life. It was not going to uh, re- revival, spiritual health, cleansing from idolatry. It was not going to happen accidentally. This is the thing that people often forget about the Christian life. You can just accidentally, without any work at all, slip into all kinds of carnality. Mm -hmm. But there's going to have to be an active spirit in pursuing health and life and revival and all of that. So you do nothing, you're going to go backwards. But there's got to be a moving forward if you're going to see progress take place. So this guy, Mm -hmm. yeah, he did a bunch of things. That you know, God met him with because I mean mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's like God is ready, he's yeah, just ready. Totally. You know, the Spirit is ready, the Lord is mm-hmm. ready. Jesus lives to make intercession for His people, so He is ready to help and aid us in these mm-hmm. endeavors. But Asa became ready too, so and good. when that happened, you had a perfect combination, and and some great things happened.
0: Yeah, so good. And there's this guy who comes onto the scene, a prophet. His name's Azariah. He comes and he talks to King Asa. And one of the things that he tells him is to take courage. That was the first point that you mentioned here in the article that he King Asa took courage. Um, can you talk to us about that for a moment? Why why was it important for King Asa to have courage in uh breaking through into this new season with God? Did he need the courage just to face the idolatry and to lead the people? Is that kind of what he was talking about? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, this was so cool because that was exactly what the prophet said. Azariah said, but you take courage. Do not let your hands be weak for your work shall be rewarded. As soon as Asa heard these words, the prophecy of Azariah, the son of Obed, he took courage Mm -hmm. and put away the detestable idols from all the land of Judah and Benjamin and from the cities that he had taken and all the hill country of Ephraim. So, the idea, it seems, of taking courage is there's a big job to be done. There's a weakness that you might naturally feel Hmm. in your hands. There might be a sense that this isn't going to work, but the prophet says, take courage. Your work is going to be rewarded. Do not let your hands be Weeks. So mm-hmm. what he was needing was, because because really what he was going to have to break through is he's going to have to break through a lot of opposition. Mm-hmm. You know, these were entrenched things that were happening. You didn't have a group of people who were just sitting there saying like, we really don't want to worship these idols. We didn't, really don't want to have all this stuff going on. Yeah. No, they had made those decisions over years and it was entrenched. It was a rut in Israel. Yeah. And when you have that in your own heart or in a community or a group or a church, it takes a lot of courage to go for it, to change that mindset. I've had times where I've had maybe a young pastor who is contemplating going to a church who's looking for their next pastor. Hmm. And I've had times where I've said to that guy, if I know that church situation, where I'll say, I don't think you should touch that church with a 10-foot pole. I think you could plan a church, hmm. but the stuff you're going to have to go against, uh-huh. the the courage that you're going to need, the resolve that you're going to have to need to change and push wow. through the mindset that is entrenched in that group of people, you don't have that level of maturity yet, wow. in my opinion. So, you know, th- this is like a big move that yeah. this guy is making. So it's really great that the prophet comes mm. along and says, you gotta take courage. You Go it's, for it. it's there for the taking. You can have it, it can be yours, but you're gonna kind of have to put it on.
0: Yeah. and Just take Lots. it for
1: yourself. Gotcha. Don't wait for it to well up inside of you. It won't. Go get it and mm. just adopt it. And I don't know if this is a fake it till you make it kind of thing. That's not really the way it works in scripture. It's yeah. more of a put it on and the Lord will meet you. Come on. And he will help you and give you that strength. But you got to do that. This happens to me all the time. Yeah. You know, I might be in a situation like a maybe a leadership meeting or decision making kind of thing where I can just feel like, man, there's a resistance. There's just hmm. something in me that's afraid of this. And this is not going to go well if, I, if I'm operating in fear. I need to put on, like Paul said to Timothy, I need to put on the spirit of power and hmm. love and self-control that God has given to me because he hasn't, like he said to Timothy, given me a spirit of fear. That's not from God, but it's there so often yeah. in our hearts. So sometimes you just have to, take the courage that's there and say, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna grab it and let the spirit put it in my soul.
0: Wow. You then mentioned that he had to put away the idols. And for us, you know, today we think about idols and it feels a little foreign to us, I think, for some of us. Thinking about like a little statue or something in our home is what we probably associate idolatry with. But we know that idols come in all kinds of forms and like you mentioned it could be a secret sin it could be a relationship that is too highly prioritized in our life all kinds of different things but it seems like for us sometimes it's hard to discern i think like mm. what is an idol or not <clears throat> but can you maybe talk to us about what happens with idolatry with between idolatry and our relationship with the lord like why is idolatry such an issue and why do we need discernment to really figure out what our idols, yeah. what's going on between us and the Lord. I mean,
1: on one level, it's not that hard to figure out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, Here's a great way to think about it. What do you get depressed about?
0: Hmm.
1: I mean, a lot of times that's yeah. is as simple as that. Hmm. You know, if I get depressed about church attendance, hmm. what might be an idol in my heart? If I get depressed about my physical appearance, what idol hmm. might I have in my heart? If I get depressed about hopping up on social media and seeing what other people get to do that I'm not mm-hmm. getting to do, what might be an idol hmm. in my heart? If I get depressed about being a renter and not mm-hmm. an owner, yeah, what might be an idol in my heart? You kind of just got to think about that, you know? So, I mean, yeah, John said, keep yourselves from idols. It's a very Mm -hmm. New Testament concept, you know? But like you said, yeah, it's not a bunch of figurines usually, you know, for us in Mm -hmm. in our part of the world. But it's priorities or convictions or status symbols that we adopt and love. And cherish Mm. and keep. Um, It's interesting. I I I noticed that uh, Christianity today, the website they had a big piece come out recently where they talked about one of the idols of the newer generations is ease.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent, man. Yeah,
1: you know that everything needs to be hacked Mm -hmm. and streamlined and simple. Yeah, one of the things that they that has been like a concern, or one of the anecdotal things that they used to describe this, was that a lot of that cereal companies have noticed that their sales are declining, and as they've researched it, the thing that they've found out with younger people is that they've said it's too much work. <laughs>
0: to, to, to like food cereal. Cereal. Oh wow. Yeah.
1: P- putting it in the bowl. Okay. Adding the milk, and then eating it and then cleaning the bowl after it's too much. (laughs) It's just so funny. Like there's just something about that. Like when I hear about that in a generation, I'm like, I love you guys. (laughs) Like you are just, you're wanting to so streamline your life that you don't
0: even have time (laughs) To be making a we just want a drink with all the nutrients in it. Yeah. Man. And just exactly. throw back on the drive to exactly. work. Exactly.
1: <laughs> oh man. Like I can't take a picture of a bowl of cereal and put it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> there will be no food envy. Oh,
0: we gotta man. dress
1: it up. Food envy. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of different Idols that could be there. So this step, Asa, you know, he just went in and he knocked all that stuff out. There's going to be some radical decisions that you have to make Mm -hmm. depending on the severity of what you're, you know, stuck in. Mm -hmm. There's going to have to be a sense of like, man, I got to like get that out of my life. You know, Mm -hmm. there's going to be stuff I have to give away, stuff I have to throw away, stuff I have to burn, stuff I have to move away from, relationships I need to disconnect Mm -hmm. from things I need to say. Absolutely not. That's not in my life anymore. Kind of stuff. You just can't play around with this stuff. You got to go all in and really deal with it. And some of the things that I mentioned, you know, like, what do you get depressed about? Mm -hmm. Some of it is like, you can't really divorce yourself from it. So you're going to need to bring people into your life and say, like, look, I'm struggling with this. Mm -hmm. I don't want to struggle with this. Let's, can you help me? Can we talk about this? Can you pray for me? Because I, I, I need to get this idol out of my heart. That's Much easier to throw an idol in the trash can than it is to cut it out of your
0: heart. Straight The out. Lord can help me. Hey, just a quick word about what else is going on in the podcast feed this week. If you notice, the episode right before this is a special episode. It's actually an article reading from Pastor Nate about this article he wrote called How I Do... Good Friday services. So if you've been a part of Calvary Monterey and have attended that service, you know this is one of our favorite services of the year. If you're a pastor, a leader of a church looking for maybe some ideas about how to do your Good Friday service, then this article is for you as well. Um, Our prayer is that you know as we remember Jesus' death and sacrifice that our churches will be invigorated um, to a fresh faith in Jesus, and that we would step out in a full kind of passion um, because of what he has done already for us. So, Easter season is coming up. We hope that this article is helpful for you. But now, let's get back to the episode. This other thing that you mentioned here um, is kind of towards the bottom of the article, but you said that he had to remove the Queen Mother. And we talked about this earlier on in the episode, but uh, Asa's mom was a big proponent of this idolatry. And it sounds like as Asa was on mission to rid himself and the people of these idols, it kind of climaxed in this moment when he had to deal with his own mother's idolatry. Pretty awkward. Um, Can you tell us about this moment and why he had had to deal so severely with this special relationship, a relationship that's so close to him? You're talking about the last one
1: of number five? Yeah, I think it was the fifth. When he removed the queen mother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a trip, man! (laughs) So like he, so he gets rid of the idols, and then he reestablishes the altar, and he gets everybody together, and they're starting to worship, which is so Mm -hmm. important. You know, Mm -hmm. you can't skip that step because a lot of people, you know, it's like they'll try to get rid of something, but then they never add anything. Right. Like you got to add. Your personal worship and prayer, Bible study, getting into fellowship with other Christians, serving—you got to add something. You got to fill up the void. The void. What's the easiest way to get uh, air out of a cup? Fill it up with fluid. Yeah. You know, put something in. You know, so for me, this has always been so huge in my Christian life and experience. You know, the second that the Spirit convicted me of where my life was at, and I surrendered myself to Him. One of the greatest aids to my Christian growth and sanctification was just straight up getting involved. Hmm. Because as you get involved, it's like your life is being filled up with the right things. That's right. And it's harder for the wrong things to gain entry because there's not as much space for them. But yeah, man, there, there was this time where <laughs> eventually he had to deal with his own mom. Yeah. It says in the the uh, 16th verse, Even Maaca, his mother... King Asa removed from being queen mother because she had made a detestable image for mm-hmm. Asherah. Asa cut down her image, crushed, crushed it, and burned it at the brook Kidron. Very Moses-like yeah. in the way that he came down and uh, sure. ground up the golden calf and put it in the water. So here he removes his mom from being the queen mother. He had to. He had to deal with something. I'm sure this was a... A really challenging yeah. task. You know, it's one thing to dissolve yourself, divorce yourself from, you know, peripheral relationships that mm-hmm. aren't as big of a deal, um, things that you know clearly are wrong. But this is his mom. Yeah. Uh, she ha- had introduced something into Judah that was an abomination, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was a detestable image. And because of that, he had to take away her position. He had to take away her authority. This is hard for people. I get this question from time to time, you know, just about, you know, people wonder like, how do I deal with family? Yeah, you know, it's huge. Uh, Especially if I have family who names the name of Christ, but they're just behaving so abhorrently. Mm -hmm. What do I do? And I, I usually say a few things to people in that situation. Number one, I try to remind them it's not your sin that caused this problem. Hmm. That's that's how people who aren't didn't create the mess so often feel. They're hmm. like, "Oh man, I feel so bad having to hmm. deal with this, having to make decisions, do stuff." And and usually the person that's stuck in it, you know, you I could just hear his mom just saying like, "What? I'm your mother. Come on. Like, I can't believe you're hmm. being so divisive. I can't believe you're oh, being yeah. so hateful." All yeah. the while she's introducing and Promoting this uber cancerous behavior mm. to all these people. Like, that's the hateful thing. Yeah. yeah that's the terrible thing. Yeah. It's her sin that's causing this big problem. Mm-hmm. But it's so easy to be made to feel like, man, I'm, something's wrong with me because mm-hmm. I'm putting my foot down. So I try to remind people of that. Like, hey, this is going to be ugly. It's going to be yeah. funky. It's going to be difficult. But it's not like you didn't cause this. I'm not saying you're innocent of all sin and right. that you're perfect or whatever. But as best I can tell, it, like in this instance, you know, Asa didn't do this. And if if someone's in a situation where, where, you know, they didn't do it, but they have to live with what someone else decided to do. I try yeah. to remind them, you didn't do that. Hmm. They did that. The, the chaos of all this, you're going to feel like you caused it, but you didn't. But the other thing I try to say to people, and I hope this is this is right. It's kind of one of those words of wisdom or insight that because it's just so tricky, especially mm-hmm. if someone's naming the yeah. name of Christ, what do you do? Because you have all these exhortations in scripture that talk about breaking fellowship mm-hmm. with someone who behaves in certain ways, you know, like yeah. in First Corinthians five is an example. You had the man who was you know living in constant rebellious sin and Paul wrote to them he's he said hey you need to disfellowship from him you need to surrender that man to satan for the destruction of his flesh and mm-hmm. and and then Paul gave this clarity he said when i wrote to you previously about that i did not mean that you had to withdraw from everybody in the world who did those things right. because then you'd have to leave the planet but people in the church That Mm -hmm. are naming the name of Christ that behave in these very carnal, sinful ways. And he had a long list of them. When they do that, you have to break fellowship with them. Yeah. So what do you do when you have a family member? Mm -hmm. You know, like a mom or a dad or a brother or a sister, you know, you have you have someone that is in your family that or even a spouse. Yeah. Man, that'd be difficult. Yeah. Who's introducing something, you know, that's just, wow, that's that's an abomination. That's terrible. Yeah. You know, I can't believe you're doing that. Do you have to disfellowship from them, you know, in that kind of way? So what I try to tell people is, okay, look, you know, God has instituted uh, a few different... Um, in yeah, He's given a few different institutions here on earth. One yeah. is marriage and family. Mm-hmm. Um, one group. Another is governmental mm-hmm. systems. And another is the church. You know, his, his people. So, I try to take it like, when it comes to, you know, separating from a family member who's a name believer, there's a, there's a certain like, well, we're not going to have fellowship anymore. Right. So in that sphere, the like church sphere, we can't go Hmm. to the same church. We can't, you know, I can't act like I have fellowship with you. This needs to be dealt with. But you're still in my family sphere, you know, so so I'm still going to see you. We're still going to know each other. I'm still going to, you know, love on you and care for you, you know, in that kind of way. But it's a different sphere, you know. Hmm. So that's the way I've tried to counsel people because, you know, it's it's just it can get so tricky. But again, it just kind of goes back to you didn't really cause this problem. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm like hoping that's the right counsel for somebody. You know, (laughs) in those situations, but it's just so hard to know what to do because it's just made odd by this you know person. Okay, that all that said, going back to Asa. Let's divorce it from the like family thing. Yeah, and just think about it. It was just this big, final, challenging task that remained. Hmm. And sometimes you got to get that. Like you might be like, okay, I'm, I'm like, I'm taking all these steps. I want to really, you know, pursue the Lord. So I'm shifting the way I handle my money. I'm shifting the way I handle my time. I'm dealing with some of these priorities. And then it might be like at the end of all that, great, all these wonderful things have happened, but you still have a career. Hmm. that's prohibiting you and you know that in the position that you have it's only a matter of time before you get sucked back in Hmm. to all those things that were harming your relationship with God previously and and so then it's like there's this big honker this big thing like okay but now I got to go deal with that you know career choice that I made or you know something like that Hmm. or the organization I'm working for Uh, or it could be you know guys like engaged to just the wrong woman you know and he's just making all these decisions and he's trying he's working with her trying to you know praying for her and but she's not budging and it's all right there's this really big decision or a or a couple who maybe they're engaged maybe they're not and they just did what most of the world does, and they just lived together. They cohabitated, and then like one of them starts getting on fire for God, or maybe even both of them start yeah. getting on fire for God, and then they start realizing, wow, like we're not married, mm-hmm. we don't have rights to each other's bodies, we shouldn't be living together. Well, you may have made a bunch of steps, but there's this big thing. It's gonna feel so good though. Yeah. If you deal with it and you take that big and final step you're going to need a lot of support to do it a lot of courage to do it but sometimes that major obstacle has just got to be dealt with and and eventually you're going to have to you know face up to it so good job asa you know he did it the lord helped him you know to to overcome And, uh, you know, of course for us as we're just sitting here in this room doing this podcast, you know, and just, just talking about a little passage of scripture. I think both of us pastorally in our hearts, we're just praying Mm. for anybody out there. You're listening to this and you just know there's a big thing that's gotta go. Um, we're praying for you that you'd be able to do it. And in Mm -hmm. fact, I would just like to close this out in prayer. We don't normally do that on the recording, but God, we just pray for anybody today that as they listen to this, they know in their heart of that thing, that obstacle, if it's a relationship or a decision they've made or a habit or a career or whatever, that big thing that's there, it's just a hurdle. Mm. Lord, we pray that you'd help them to take courage, to reach out to you, your spirit, but also to others, that they might be able to tackle that big thing. And Lord, we pray that you'd assure them, That you are going to stand with them through all of that and that they will come out on the other side refined and okay with you lord god so help us we pray to be able to come into these fresh seasons with you in jesus
0: name we pray amen amen thanks for tuning in today if you'd like to hear some more content from pastor nate please subscribe to the jesus famous podcast each week we'll be posting conversations just like the one you just heard as well as some live readings that pastor nate is posting a couple times a week